Sport. It's your passion. It's your obsession. You want stats and facts, not long, boring fiction. Know it all with the Sporting Life podcast. Well, welcome along to our first Royal Ascot Live. David Ord, joined by Fran Berry, Ben Linfoot and Michael Shinnis. Look ahead to this afternoon's action. Day one of Royal Ascot, being run on good to soft ground. 10 millimetres of overnight rain. Five non-runners and counting so far. Bless him out of the Queen Anne and one or two other odd ones. Check those out on sportinglife.com. But Michael Shindog Shinners, I'm going to ask you for the market moves. I've prepped you saying we weren't going to do that last. I want to do that first. What are the best-backed horses so far on the first morning of Royal Ascot? Hey, Dave. Um, Derek has obviously been really well supported in the first for Frankie Vittori and John Gosden. He's into three to one. There's been money for Muttermastic in that race for Roger Varian. Um, the Queen Anne Fox Chairman, probably the one of the best backed horses in that race. Um, I would say in the Ribblesdale, uh, frankly, Darling solid, but there's a couple backed um, against um, her in uh, Miss Yoda and Passion. Um, Arthur's Kingdom supported in the King Edward VII. In the King's Stand, again, Hunter's looking to not go against Batash, but looking for a little, maybe a little bit of value against him. And they've found Liberty Beach and Sergei Prokofiev. Uh, Duke of Cambridge, Queen Power has been supported. And then in the Ascot Stakes, obviously we'll mention the, um, the offers in a bit, but um, the Ascot Stakes, Land of Oz, Blue Laureate, um, and Moon King, they've been the best backed horses, but I think that's uh, largely uh, due to the, the place terms that we've got on those and some of the other races as well where the place terms have influenced punters' choices. Scoop, a couple of value bet selections among those market movers there. Uh, Liberty Beach you put up in the King's Stand and one or two others. How are you feeling about the tips on, the, on race morning? Yeah, um, Liberty Beach would be probably the strongest one out of the five today. Um, really like her. She's just a speedball, isn't she? I'm getting nine pounds from Batash. I thought she was underestimated in the market. But with, with this rain around, it's, it's pretty tricky. We're going to get a good idea of how the straight course is riding very early on in the Buckingham Palace Stakes. Um, hopefully, well, they'll probably split into a couple of groups, you would think, wouldn't you? 24 runners on the straight track. Uh, so we might get an idea for the rest of the week of, of where where you want to be. But yeah, Liberty Beach, the, the strongest. The Queen Anne, in which I put up Mustachery, all week long I was thinking I'll be going with one of the unexposed ones because um, the the proven Group 1 performers don't set a formidable standard. And then Mustachery drifted and drifted and went out to 16s and I just, just couldn't resist him given that, you know, officially he's, he's the best horse in the race and... You look at that Lockage win where he beat Lawrence a couple of when, uh, lengths last year and then beat Lamato in his optimum conditions, giving him five pounds. And that is standout 120 plus form that no one else in the field has achieved. And for him to be available at 16 to one, I just thought was um, too big. So that was the reasoning behind him, really. And Fran, you've put up Space Traveller for Richard Farhey, fellow Spot and I columnist. In the, in the Queen Anne. What do you like about him and what's his track like? What's the straight mile at Ascot like? There's one or two horses with stamina questions to answer. Is it a stiff test, that straight mile at Ascot? David, it's a stiff test, yeah. Did horses tend to get racing there quite early. You know, it's in a very inviting track from four furlongs out when you run down downhill slightly for a horse to get rolling. And uh, when you hit the junction where you join the with the up with the round track, 
you're still a good two and a half furlongs from home and uh, it can find the horses out and you can see why the likes of Jamie Spencer is a great record there wait, waiting waiting and pouncing late when horses have done much too much too soon. The draw is a huge thing in the big fields. You know, you, you need to be drawn near the speed. You can see them splitting two or even three groups some days and uh, you need to be luck to be just drawn in the right stall to put you, right, put you into race for the chance. And what is it about space travel that you, you like going into this race from? I, I think I think course form is a massive thing. Um, I'm not sure how he'll be with a cut in the ground, but uh, that that Jersey win when he beat Space Blues last year I, on the day it was a little bit of a shock, but uh, he proved when he won the Boomerang Stakes at uh, Leperstown over the mile trip when he stayed on very well under a good ride by Billy Lee in that day that he's well up to you know it wasn't a fluke and he's well up to at least Group Two level. Um, he obviously steps into Group One today, but he ran well in in, in America afterwards at the Breeders' Cup. And given the open nature of the race, I just think he's overpriced given his course form and the potential step up. Step up. This is completely heartwarming, Hutchins. Like I do think Mahatha, the good old trader, is going to win a huge race. <laughs> Jim Crowley chose him in preference to Mustache. He was initially jocked up on Mustache, uh, then flipped after a piece of work at Lingfield. Um, on Mahatha, it must have been a difficult decision. Just going back to that school, I'm surprised that Crowley's not on Derek in the opener. Joe, the favourite for the Buckingham Palace, he, he rides the Hannon horse, who Chindog mentioned is one of the market movers. Yeah, John Gostam seemed surprised as well, didn't he, yesterday on Sky Sports Racing. Um, I, I, it, it, is, it is an odd one, isn't it? I don't know if uh, you, you, you look at Frankie Vittori and Gostam and think, oh, well, the, the, you know, it's Frankie's ride, but it doesn't seem that was the case. So. Maybe uh, Jim Crowley obviously never ridden him before, just went with the horse that he, he was familiar with. Interesting. Shindog, the Queen Anne. Sorry to say I back Mahartha and he hits a frame, runs well, finishes second or third. I've just got to move on, haven't I? It's time to, to look on to the next race. There's nothing left for me. I'll be honest with you, you actually broke up there, so I don't know what oh, you was Oh, I was teeing you up perfectly <laughs> for the first race special. It was it second was, race special. Sorry, I had, because you were talking about Tregoning, I just started to glaze <laughs> over. And it, 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 it up. But, um, yeah, so the, the 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 offer is obviously this is the first race on terrestrial uh, TV, so it's money back, second, third, or fourth um, as cash. T's and C's apply, and I think that, like I said before, I think that does sort of dictate um, what people um, back um, in these races. I mean, it's fascinating that Terabellum who was 14 to 1 um, when myself, um, myself and Ben, we don't like to talk about the charity work that we do, but we will. You do we, too much we, to talk about it, we'd fill the podcast. We, we, we did a great bit of charity work for the for Racing Welfare last week uh, with a preview evening. Terabellum was 14 to 1 for this race. Uh, Terabellum is now 7 to 2 joint favourite with Circus Maximus. Um, and I think that shows that, um, one, there's huge momentum behind it, and two, um, it's such a shame that we couldn't actually get on while we were doing the preview, um, but it would have looked rude to have said, excuse me, I'm just going to have a bet. But um, yeah, um, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating race. And, and, and Trago's uh, Mahatha, 6-1, to one, Jim Crowley. There won't be a dry house in the odd house if that one comes steaming through. I'm already emotional now, just thinking about it. Fan, I have two questions for you. Um, first up, Batash, five furlongs, King Stand. He's been beaten in it twice. Scoop's keen on Liberty Beach against him. What is it about the track there that might just count against him? Dave, I think it's, as you spoke about the mile track, uh, the five furlong track is quite a stiff finish. And, um, you know, his best record has always been York, okay? He, he hadn't shaped up there until he won the Nuntorp last year. 
flat five, Goodwood, Haydock, e- relatively easy five furlong sprint tracks that you can almost do it in, in one breath. Whereas in Ascot, if he runs fresh and with the choke out, he just doesn't see out that last 100 yards. And that'd be my big fear from today, given he hasn't had a run in the Temple Stakes, which he had in the last two years going here, knocked the freshness out of him. Running first time up today, it would be a worry for me that he might just be too fresh and do too much too soon for Jim Crowley. And Fan Mogul, odd fans, he was put up as my anti-post Christmas bet for the derby. People will have filled their stockings, no doubt, with that. He, he runs in the King Edward the seventh. I'm hoping he wins and emerges as Aidan's leading Investec derby contender. What are your thoughts on him going into it? Yeah, look, he, he obviously won the race in Leopardstown uh, before he went to New, uh, Newcastle and he was probably the horse that benefited at least from the switch from uh, Doncaster to Newcastle with that with their Furton Futurity race in that he would have been more at home on grass than he would have been on the Tapita. Uh, he still ran a good race. He was drawn away from the other horses wasn't on the far side, which probably wasn't ideal. Um, his form of that Leopardstown race has taken a few knocks since. So look, we, he's, a, he's, he's a highly regarded horse. Shamie Heffernan done an interview Last week, prior to the Irish Guineas, uh, the Phillies Guineas, 1,000 Guineas, and uh, apparently it was anybody seen it just lumped, lumped on the winner of that race, um, uh, which, whatever her name was. But after the race, yeah, they asked him, what about the derby? Well, he said, uh, Mo, Mo, Mogul uh, will, will win on Wednesday. <laughs> That's basically his word. So if he's writing two interviews, um, he, hold, he seems to hold him in high regard. And uh, it's getting to the stage now where Bally Dunn need to, you know, you know, get a peck in order, and we haven't seen much as of yet. Leperstown last week, I'd say, they're a bit disappointed that one or two got beaten. And Ben, we've got Frankly Darling in the Ribblesdale. Um, Philly, you were you're sweet on, and there was a lot to like about that Newcastle performance. Yeah, loads to like, Dave. Um, I just thought on, on the bare form of what she's so, shown so far, I thought she was incredibly short at 11 to 8 for, for today's test. Um, but she has obviously got bags and bags of potential. And um, John Gosden could have picked from several to, to run in this. And it seems that she's by far the number one. Obviously, he's got Miss Yoda in there as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think she'll run really well, frankly, darling. The, the 10 mils of rain, I wouldn't have thought would, would bother her uh, at all. And um, I think she'll, she'll run well. But I, I have sided with passion today. I, just, I know you guys have backed her for the Oaks and were probably disappointed with her. And Navid last week over 10 furlongs. Um, but I thought it was a perfectly satisfactory reappearance from. I think she'll come on a tongue for it and going up to a mile and a half. I think she's a big danger. Right, chaps, it's wind up time. The, the, the clock is ticking. I want the best bet for day one of Royal Ascot from each of you. Shindog, what, what are you going for? Um, I am going to go for in the Duke of Cambridge. There's no, you won't be surprised to hear. I'm going to go for Nazif uh, in the Duke of Cambridge. Cambridge for John Gosden. Can I just say, Dave, um, just to be clear on the offers, is that okay? I'll just of course, yes, please, please do. The, movies. the first race, the um, the Buckingham Palace Sky Bet, six places in that. Um, money back if your horse finishes second, third, or fourth in the Queen Anne. Four places in the Riddlesdale. Um, four places in the Duke of Cambridge, and then in the Ascot Stakes, uh, six places in that race. I will definitely be having a bet in the Ascot Stakes. I just don't know what yet. It's the, the Ascot Stakes is a little bit like the Grand National for me. I tend to have three or four bets in it. Well, I like Summer Moon in that. It just probably my bet of the day on a screaming the average as a three-year-old, beating half a length. Only time he's had a, t- a marathon trip to A. Matney. I was surprised it was a double-figure price. Vedana Blue takes a 
big chunk out of that market. And I don't think the rain's in her favour. So thought he'd run well. He's my bet in the last. Fan baby, the best bet on day one of Ascot. Dave, I'm going to contradict myself in some respects. Uh, obviously, I put up Space Traveller yesterday as a good each-way bet, and I still, I still will be backing him in, in the Queen Anne. But uh, with the rain having arrived and uh, make it a bit more of a stamina test, Tara Bellum has shown very good form in, in Group 1 company. Obviously, Longchamp last year. Uh, and, uh, you know, this mild trip will be her minimum, but with the conditions to suit, she, she, could, she could be hard to beat, and it's probably value against Circus Maximus. Her strongest bet, uh, probably Liberty Beach, but we, we've discussed her, so I'll go with Firmament in the first, the, uh, the Buckingham Palace States, because there's still plenty of 20 to 1 around, and I think he's got a massive chance today. He won't mind the, the rain that's fallen at all. Good to sauce, absolutely perfect for him. James Dial booked the last time he rode, uh, rode the horse was when he won a, a big handicap at York last summer. And um, there's plenty of pace on the far side. I think he's got loads in his favourite, a track that he likes, and he's well handicapped now. So, firmament in the opener. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Charles. We'll be back tomorrow going through to the Wednesday card. I'll be with Oli Bell and Cornelius Lysett after racing, reflecting on the action. Follow it all live on sportinglife.com, the pride of Sporting Ghoul. Richard Mann is in the blog hot seat. We'll have race reports and, of course, all the top previews, including Ben's value bet selections for Ascot on Wednesday. Hopefully, off the back of a few winners this afternoon. Thanks for listening to this Sporting Life podcast. For more, visit sportinglife.com and you can find us on social media at Sporting Life on Twitter and at facebook.com forward slash sportinglifeofficial.